from Birmingham, Alabama. You're listening to the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. I'm your host, Gary Furr, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. Whether you're sitting in your favorite chair or riding along in the car, I'm glad we're going to get to spend this time together. Good to have you here. You know, I couldn't help but uh, think about this story this week, uh, Christmas week, going back to when uh, I was in South Georgia for seven years as a pastor in a small town. And we had an ambitious young minister of music that wanted to do a live nativity one year. And so we brought in live animals. We had sheep and a donkey, and, and the donkey bit. Uh, John Pritchett, one of our men, uh, and and it really made him mad. I think he might have popped the donkey one from that. But uh, I was given the task of singing the song, I Wonder As I Wander. And it was bone-chilling cold. It was like in the 20s, which in South Georgia is like minus 50. We even had to put the senior adults on the church bus and turn it on so they could sit in there and not get too cold. And so we're having this uh, manger scene and, you know, we're going through the usual thing. We'd borrow the costumes from the, the uh, local masons to be the three wise men. They had some pretty, pretty cool costumes. And so people would come. It was really great. We had lighting and sound and all of that. And so I'm to come in as this invented character of just this kind of homeless wanderer. And I come in and I'm mic'd up and I sing, I wonder as I wander. Now, I thought that uh, I would put burlap around my legs, and so I I took these leather straps and tied it on so it would help keep me warm. And so I walk up, and I, I come up to Joseph and Mary. Of course, this is something that's nowhere in the Bible, so it was just sort of our add-in. But I start to sing this song, and this cat comes along right about that time, and uh, somehow sees that burlap and thinks, you know, this this is a pretty good place for me to hold on. And so, doggone, if that cat doesn't jump up on my right leg and grab on for all fours like he had found nirvana. And so I started singing, and I'm, meanwhile I'm shaking my right leg trying to throw that cat off, and that cat is holding on for dear life. I could not get rid of him. And so it was pretty sad uh pretty sad major scene for my solo, but we got through it. You know, it's been pretty serious up in the Buffalo area and places here in the country, and and our hearts really go out to people who have lost uh, loved ones in this cold, and it, it always just tears me up to think about people being out in the cold who maybe are homeless or displaced, and it took me back to a sermon I preached once called in the bleak midwinter, and I was preaching from uh, some thoughts that had come from Martin Marty's book, Wintry Spirituality, and he talked about summer spirituality and winter spirituality, that there being these two kinds of spirituality that, you know, there there's this kind of sunny, optimistic, happy spirituality, and then there's this maybe more, um, maybe reflective, maybe uh, somber spirituality that uh, takes in the suffering world and 
uh, broods a little bit more and all of that. So, you know, that was sort of the idea. Anyway, uh, the title came from a song that you may know, In the Bleak Midwinter, written by a lovely English poet named Christina Rossetti. I must give 
suffered, Christina did, from poor health all of her youth. And already she was writing poetry in her young adult years and was engaged to a man who broke it off because they had religious differences. And um, that heartbreak inspired one of her most famous poems called Remember. Later, she fell deeply in love with another man, but he also refused to marry because of religious differences. And so her faith had cost her two opportunities to marry. So on she went with a writing career and wrote lots of poems, including poems for children. And she suffered from Graves' disease, a thyroid disorder that caused her a lot of bad health problems and withdrew from active life and rarely left her house in her last 20 years. She eventually died of cancer at the age of 64. Now, she might have withered of spirit, but instead her struggles and pain were turned into her art and... The poem about heartbreak called Remember goes, Remember me when I'm gone away, gone far away into the silent land, when you can no more hold me by the hand, nor I have turning to go, yet turning to stay. Remember me when no more day by day, you tell me of our future that you planned. Only remember me, you understand. It will be too late to counsel or pray. Yet if you should forget me for a while, and afterwards remember, do not grieve. For if the darkness and corruption leave a vestige of thoughts I once had, better by far you should forget and smile than that you should remember and be sad. She lived a creative and beautiful life, even with all those disappointments and heartaches, and uh, it, it led me to say in that sermon the dangers of wintry spirituality are in a very different direction than the kind of unrealistic optimism that some people have in their religion. We can get bogged down in the deadness of things or the hopelessness of the world or the sufferings of the world or the emptiness and the terrible things. And if we're not careful, we can become so accustomed to uncertainty that we become immobilized. We don't act. Uh, Obedience sometimes asks that we go on and pray when we don't feel anything, or we worship when it's empty to us. We share our faith and live it, even if our inner life is not so great. And I found myself in those places, haven't you? Where I'm going through the motions. Sometimes I think maybe it's not so bad to just go through the motions. So we can be paralyzed by the problem of suffering and never do anything to relieve it and paralyzed by doubt, fear, uncertainty, and the world is full of all of that. If the superficial, optimistic, sunny spirituality doesn't suit us, Christian living does. We can still forgive and go and do and love and care and worship before we have all things worked out. It's easy to use the uncertainty of things or the blur of daily life as an excuse not to go forward in all the best that we know. So we don't listen to our unhappiness and dissatisfaction and struggles as a way to find God. Instead, we just, uh, if we're not careful, can try to drown it out instead of letting them take us deeper and past the apparent hopelessness of things. 
the winter of our discontent, you see, is sometimes the prelude to spiritual awakening and discovery. Listen to it, because it has value, too. You know, a lot of years ago, uh, when he was still alive, the great old flat picker, Glid Talbert, who taught a whole bunch of us around here some guitar, and he and a couple friends of mine and I were hired to come and play uh, bluegrass at the uh, Chamber of Commerce director for the city of Birmingham. He was hosting a broadcast team from Siberia, of all places. They'd never even heard of bluegrass music, and so... Uh, we we thought, uh, you know, he thought we could come down and play some things. So we, you know, we came down and they were really exciting, uh, excited by it and got all fired up. And they wanted to take CDs back with them. And they said, we're going to play these on the radio. And I just thought about us singing just a little talk with Jesus or money on the ma- money in the mail or, <laughs> you know, or some of these crazy songs blaring across the airwaves of Siberia and people saying, what on earth was that? But, you know, Siberia, in my mind, is a wintry place. And a little hot bluegrass down there is probably the thing they need. And I think about this awful war that's going on right now between Russia and Ukraine and and as they're struggling with the terrible reality of winter and where stubbornness and and, and Damage and brokenness is everywhere. And to hope is a hard thing. You know, the Russian people and the Ukrainian people need hope. Uh, somehow this thing can can play out and get resolved and justice can be done and things figured out. But we all have to keep going. And sometimes when it's so blooming cold and winter's everywhere, we have to just live against our natural bent. And we proclaim hope in the winter. And we act in faith to help when it seems useless. The humility for some of us wintry types is to remember that divine purposes are often too big for us to really know. To just acknowledge that we struggle and that life can seem empty still doesn't take away the possibility of acting in faith. So we act on what we know. That's called faith. And occasionally we act on what we don't know. And that's faith as trust. And even in those times, there is always something you can do to make a difference, even the tiniest thing. Everybody's proud of their grandchildren, but one of my granddaughters uh, went with me when I did music for an annual uh, grief service that's done by my daughter's company that uh, is a hospice company. And they bring back the families, and they had three years worth of families this year because they had uh, been unable to have these services during COVID. So there was this room full of people over meeting over at, at uh, this big room at a hospital. And so we did some music and some things. And there was a, there was a guy there whose wife had died and he, he was deaf. And so uh, I saw somebody sort of signing for him and telling him what was going on. And so he could understand. And so afterwards, my, my little granddaughter, who's eight, um, was with me. And so we walked over and I said, let's go over and talk to him. And so uh, I looked at him. He could read lips enough to know some things I was saying and just to tell him, hey man, I'm so glad you came today. And 
just want to tell you, uh, uh, you know, we hope you can have a little encouragement and uh, tell us about your loved one. And so, you know, he signed to his friend who told us. And so we had a conversation. Well, my little granddaughter this week decided she was going to learn sign language. And she uh, made a little video for this guy just to wish him a Merry Christmas and that we love you. And, and uh, man, children, they could teach us, can't they? That's what you do in the winter and in these hard times and this bizarre political world we're in now and this time of such anger and division that it's good to remember that there are things we can do when nothing seems to be moving, when all around us seems frozen and empty and hopeless. It isn't really true. Get up and move. Do what you can. Learn sign language or give money to a good cause or help somebody down the street that you know is sitting alone in their house and doesn't have anybody to talk to. There are a hundred thousand things you can do. Eventually, your experience has taught you that one of these days, the days start to get a little longer and the sun comes out a little more. Days get warmer. It's time to plant. Things start to grow again. The bleak midwinter is the very best time to remember that the worst times are sometimes the prelude to unimaginably good things that we would have never anticipated. May that be true for you today. I'm Gary Furr, and this is the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. Thanks for joining me today. You can find my music at G-A-F-U-R-R, gafur.com, and you can go to my blog site for lots of other information and writings at GaryFur.me, G-A-R-Y-F-U-R-R.me. Once again, thank you so much. Join me next time on the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress.